As we uh, recognize our graduates this morning, uh, it, uh, Kenny and Lynn hate that they couldn't be here this morning. Uh, and so uh, Kenny uh, wrote a little note that he asked me to read, and so I'm going to do that at this time on behalf of uh, Preacher Kenny. Uh, some of you know him as Granddaddy uh, and, and Miss Lynn. All right, And he says, to those of you that, who are graduating and who are we are honoring today, I just want to say Lynn and I are so very proud of you. You guys have reached a milestone in your life. Sorry we're not with you today, but please know we are praying for you. Wherever you all go from here, please know that I remain your pastor. Love, Lynn and Kenny. And so as we recognize our graduates this morning, hopefully you received a a handout with some information there uh, that you can follow along. Uh, I'll be reading this uh, as well. Uh, And so graduates, as I call you up, um, if you would just come and stand, you can stand here, high school college, uh, you guys can stand here. I'll read your information, and then we have a gift for you on behalf of the church uh, that I'd love to present to you uh, this morning. So we're going to start with Gavin Reed Black. He's graduating from West Oak High School. Uh, His parents are Rusty and Laura Black. His plans are to go to work in the welding field. His thoughts on how our church has influenced uh, his life as a student, he says, I've been blessed, I've been raised Uh, In church, Preacher Kenny dedicated me as a baby, and now to have him as my preacher again is a blessing. I had great-grandparents, grandparents, and parents who have prayed and guided me through the years. For all of this, I am grateful. And let me just say, as this cat stands probably six inches taller than I, I, you want to talk about feeling old? I remember when this cat was born. I played ball in the yard with this kid when he was little, and now he's much taller than me, but congratulations, Gavin. Proud of you. Yep, you can go and sit. All right, next we have Addison Leah Boggs, graduating from West Oak High School. Her parents are Danny and Cassie Boggs. Uh, Senior class president, FCA leadership, National Honor Society, Beta Club, Interact Club, four-year varsity volleyball letterman and captain, SC Academic All-Region, top three in class since sixth grade, high high honor graduate, uh, South Carolina Palmetto Fellows, Palmetto Girls State, Principal's Leadership Award, DAR Good Citizen Award, United States Marine Corps Scholastic Excellence Award, South Carolina High School League Scholar Athlete Award in volleyball, Recipient of Southern Westland Fellows Academic Scholarship. Her future plans are to, uh, to attend Southern Westland University in the fall, continue both her volleyball career and her academic career by majoring in media communications with an emphasis in sports. She says this about how our church has influenced her life as a student. She says, WFBC has played a huge part in my life as a student. My church family has always supported me through many stages of my life. The one that has influenced my life the most is our youth pastor, Mac. Without him, I would not be where I'm at today. I'm truly blessed to have served, uh, have such a loving church family. I didn't read this before, sorry. (laughs) That got me. Addison, can't tell you how proud I am of you. you. The first mission trip that she went on with us, (laughs) I have to share, she dropped... uh, high C, a gallon of high C on her toe out of the refrigerator. No joke. And it was disgusting. All right? So I've always kidded her about that, but proud of you. Love you. Best of luck to you. All right. Next is Gracie Leah Crenshaw. She's graduated from Wahala High School. Parents are Mike and Kim Crenshaw and Ken and Misty Vinson. Her achievements are Beta Club, Student Government, Junior Leadership, uh, Mu Alpha Theta, National Honor Society, High Honor Graduate, and Life Scholarship. Her future plans are to attend Tri-County Technical College and major in criminal justice. She said this about how her church has influenced her life as a student. WFBC has, has had a positive impact on my life. I have many great memories and have made several lifelong friends over the past 13 years. 
I appreciate Mac's leadership, mentorship, and dedication to our youth group. I ask for your continued prayers and support as I enter this new chapter of my life. Miss Gracie, love you. Congratulations. Proud of you. Sorry, I didn't have anything to say to Gra- other than I, I guess I could have messed her hair up. And that would have got to her. She can't stand when you mess with her hair. All right. Next is Mr. Weston Bailey Caldwell Lewis. He's graduated from Wahala High School. Uh, he's the son of Ray and Janice Lewis. His achievements are Beta Club, Honor Graduate, FCA Leadership, Ring Committee, Junior Leadership, Cross Country, Track and Field, and an Eagle Scout. His future plans, he plans to attend the University of South Carolina in the fall. Plans to major in political science and or psychology. He says this about how WFBC has influenced his life as a student. WFBC has influenced my life by allowing me to go on multiple mission trips. By going on these trips, I have grown in my faith. I'm thankful for all WFBC has done for me. Please continue to keep me in your prayers as I begin this new chapter in my life. Weston, congratulations. On these many mission trips, Weston acquired the nickname Beanie Weenie. Right? All right, next we have Miss Kristen Kate Wilson, graduating from West Oak High School. She's uh, the, the daughter of Chris and Kelsey Wilson and Greta Freeman. Her accomplishments, her achievements are high honor grad, National Honor Society, Interact Club, and completed Hamilton Career Center Health and Science course. Her future plans are to continue her education and attend Tri-County Tech uh, for a degree in business management. She said this about how WFBC has influenced her life as a student. She said, I was influenced by my church in many ways, even starting from a young age in GAs and to the youth group. They've helped start and grow my faith and helped me become the young lady I am today. Miss Kate Wilson, congratulations to you. Love you. All right, we're going to move on to our college grads, and we've got several that, that could not be here this morning, but we still want to recognize them, and so we're going to read uh, their, their um, accomplishments and uh, you know, their, their future plans and all of that. And so Miss Mally uh, Irene Lewis uh, is our first college graduate. She graduated recently from the College of Charleston. Uh, she's the daughter of Jay and uh, Janice and Ray Lewis. Achievements, Bachelor of Science in Early Childhood Education, and a minor in music with a concentration in vocal performance. Her future plans is that she'll be teaching uh, in the fall. Fingers crossed it'll be here locally. Thoughts of how WFBC has influenced her life as a student. Growing up in WFBC has afforded me many opportunities and lots of support throughout my college experience. I'm so appreciative for the love and care that that my church has shown me. So that's Miss Mally Lewis. Miss Josie Leah Sanders McCoy. Uh, she graduated from Southern Wesleyan University recently. She's the daughter of Phil and April Sanders and the spouse of Aaron McCoy. Uh, <laughs> just recently. Uh, achievements she uh, 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 was awarded a bachelor's degree, magna cum laude, in early childhood and family studies. Future plans she graduated in November and currently works as a teacher at Shear Head Start. Her thoughts on how WFBC has influenced her life as a student. My church has taught me to have faith and trust in the Lord. This helped me throughout my college career because a lot of prayers went up uh, my last four years of getting my degree. This is Miss Josie McCoy. Congratulations to you. All right. I've loved watching this guy grow up. No, I'm just kidding. Robbie Morris. Couldn't be here today. Uh, he graduated from Furman. Uh, he's the, the husband of Emmy Morris, the dad of Sidney Collin and RJ. Uh, he, uh, uh, his achievements are BS in criminal justice from Anderson, uh, MA uh, school administration from Furman in 2012, and then uh, educational leadership from Furman University is what he just recently acquired, a master's degree there. And so his future plans, he's currently the assistant principal at Wahala High School. And so we're proud of Robbie. 
and his accomplishment there and getting his master's there. So uh, Miss Sydney Morris could not be here as well. Uh, she recently just graduated from Furman. She's the daughter of Robbie and Emmy Morris. Uh, her achievements are BS in, in psychology, uh, magna cum laude, uh, Phi, Phi Eta Sigma Honor Society for Freshmen, Alpha Epsilon Delta National Health Professional Honor Society, Psi Chi International Honor Society in Psychology, Furman Sports Medicine, Student Assistant, uh, Intern, Furman University of South Carolina School of Medicine, Direct Entry Program, uh, Heller so, uh, Service Corps Agency, Relations Coordinator, Zelta Chi Alpha Sorority, Furman Women's Club Basketball Team, her future plans, University of South Carolina School of Medicine uh, in Greenville with a focus on pediatric surgical oncology, and that's Miss Sydney Morris. All right, next one is Miss Grace, Grace Ann McGuffin Nielsen. Uh, she graduated from Southern Wesleyan University. She's the daughter of Joey and Janice McGuffin. Uh, She's the, she's the wife of Thomas Nielsen, who they also recently uh, were, were married, and their, her achievements and degrees were graduated early cum laude from Southern Wesleyan University in December with a bachelor's degree in business administration. Thoughts on how WFBC has influenced her life as a student. She says, thank you for all that WFBC, uh, for all that you've done to help guide me in my life. And that's Miss Gracie Nielsen. All right, last one, certainly not least, Mr. Bradley Odell Voles, recently graduated from Tri-County Technical College. He's the husband of Chastity Voles. Uh, his achievements are associates in CNC programming and operations, summer of 2020 with magna cum laude. Honors, associates in manufacturing management and leadership, summer of 2021. Future plans, enjoy time with family and friends. I like that one. Thoughts on how WFBC has influenced your life as a student? As a student, right? And as a dad, and as a husband. Several church members have kept me in their prayers over the past few years. To those, to those individuals, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And that's Mr. Bradley Voles. Congratulations to you. Yep. Miss Lynn asked me to read this and... Uh, as we conclude uh, our graduate recognition this morning. The title of this is God Has Plans for You. Never settle for anything less than extraordinary because that's what He wants for you. Always believe in yourself and the possibilities of each dream because with Him you can do anything. Try to see yourself the way God does because you are special in His sight. And to all who love and care about you. Congratulations on your graduation, Mr. Mr. Kenny and Miss Lynn and First Baptist Church. Let's give these guys one more round of applause this morning. Let us stand as we begin the worship part of our service and congrats to all the, the graduates. Um, we're very proud of you. Let's stand and sing, Send the Light.
back in your house. And Father God, I just do want to lift up our graduates to you, Lord. Lord God, I just pray that they always, always look to you for the answers and the way in this life, Lord. I pray your guidance upon them. pray that you be with them in everything that they do. And Father God, just thank you so much for what you have done for us. And Lord God, as we just come to this time to give back a little bit to you, Lord, I just ask that you'll take it for the advancement of your kingdom. In thy name I do pray. Amen. Let's continue our worship this morning by singing Rescue the Perishing. And let's stand as we sing, please.
invite you uh, to our prayer time this morning. This will be our, our intercessory prayer time. Mr. Sammy Anderson is going to come and, and lead us in that prayer time. So if you would, uh, if you'd like, you want to make your way uh, to the altar for this prayer time, uh, you can do that at, at, at right now. And uh, as he's coming, uh, obviously we want to continue to, to pray for our country, uh, pray for our leadership. Pray for Kenny and Lynn as, as they're on their way back home today as well. And uh, I know that there there's certainly many, many needs uh, in this room this morning. Um, and so pray for one another. Uh, if you feel comfortable and you'd like and you want to join hands with the person beside you, I encourage you to do that as well uh, this morning as Mr. Sammy comes and, and leads us. Oh, Lord, our God. How magnificent is thy name in all the earth. We praise you this morning for the opportunity to come and sing praises to your name. We thank you for the old hymns that we sing that mean so much in our lives. And we thank you that we are able to praise your name with them this morning. Father, we continue our worship serve this morning and we hope that each of us will ask you to enter this room this morning as the word is being taught. Thank you for each of these graduates this morning. Father, be with them in a very special way as they enter another step in their lives. Father, may they always remember where their strength and their guidance comes from. And may they always seek to do your will as they continue their lives. Father, we pray for everyone this morning who has places of leadership, those who are out in the field of law enforcement today protecting our us and all of our country. Father, we have much disturbance, much conflict in our country today. Father, may we look to you for strength and for guidance. For we know that we cannot have a good, lawful society without having your guidance. Father, we pray for our pastor and his wife as they're away. Father, bring them back to us safely. And Father, we pray for each one who could not be here today because of sickness or other reasons that they have. Father, we have people in nursing homes and hospitals and homebound care. Father, be with them this morning. And may they realize that we care for them and praying for them in their times of need. Father, be with Mac as he brings the message this morning and give him just the words that we need to hear today. Be with each one of us. Lead us and guide us. And Father, forgive us of our many sins. Cleanse our hearts this morning. That we may leave this place a better Christian. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I still remember the day you saved me, the day I heard you call out my name. You said you loved me, would never leave me, and I've never been the You know, uh, our Sunday school class taught me a lot of, uh, and taught me how to be a really good segue person, right? I don't know how the right way of saying that. Sean's given me the thumbs up and several others. Uh, they give me opportunities to segue into our Bible study. Um, and so uh, that, that song is a perfect segue into the one of the, I guess the, the greatest pieces of advice that I was given at an early age, and, and that was to simply never forget who you are, whose you are, or where you come from. That's, that's a powerful piece of advice. And so you guys that are graduating and moving on, whether it's high school or college, never forget that. Never forget who you are, whose you are, and where you come from. I remember those days, wanting to get as far away from this place as I possibly could. And guess what? Here we are, right? And I wouldn't trade it for anything. I would not trade it for anything. And so who knows where your future is going to carry you. I'm excited for you. And wherever that is, just don't forget those three things. has absolutely nothing to do with what we're going to be talking about this morning in uh, our, our message, uh, but I wanted to, to say that. And so I, I do want to say this before we jump in. You're accustomed to standing up. I'm going to ask you to stay seated, all right? Not, we're not being irreverent. It's just the simple fact that there's a lot of Scripture here, and I don't want you to have to stand for the whole thing because I don't want to have to read it twice, all right? We're going to read it in chunks as it goes along with your insert that you may have. You may have an insert there. Some of you like it, some of you don't. Um, hopefully you like it, all right? But we're going to follow that best we can. But the title this morning, coming from Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43, is simply this, when Jesus enters the room. And I've got a question at the very top of that insert. 
for you to, to chew on for a little bit, maybe take with you and over the next week or so begin to think through this question. When is the last time you invited Jesus into the room, a literal or metaphorical room? And so obviously preparing and, and getting ready for this morning, you know, thinking about Jesus entering the room, I thought of others that enter the room, right? I thought of, you know, when, when mama enters the room, whether you're young or old, kids straighten up, don't they? Or when mama enters the room and she gives that look without saying a word, you know she means business, right? Or when daddy enters the room, somebody's going to get a butt whooping. That's usually the way it works when daddy enters the room, right? When grandma or grandpa enters the room. Or, you know, I even thought about, you know, it being graduate Sunday and we're recognizing graduates, they're finishing up school. I thought about substitutes. You know, used to, we never knew if a substitute was going to be there the next day. For some reason, teachers tell kids today if there's going to be a substitute the next day. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, that's trouble. Y'all know. When a substitute is in the room, and and bless you substitutes, okay? Especially those that I had. Because I know I gave you up the road. Right? But when a substitute enters the room, kids go all over the place, don't they? Or what about when the boss is away? I had a little bit of experience with that when my dad owned a company and he would go out of town and he would leave me in charge. Not really, but... And he would call every night to get a report on what was done that day. And all I could say is the old saying, when the boss is away, the mice play. Right? But what about when Jesus enters the room? That's the thought I want us to hang on to this morning. Let's pray together before we get rolling, okay? Lord Jesus, I just come to you right now in this moment. Ask that you would not only bless the the reading of your word, but Lord, everything that comes out of my mouth, Lord, everything that sinks deep in our hearts, I pray that you would bless. That Lord, nothing would be said or done without your hand upon it. And that, Father, when we leave here this morning, that we would leave changed for the better. Lord, we would be encouraged and inspired to walk closer with you. Lord, inviting you into every space, into every room in our life. Knowing and believing that because of your presence in that room, Things will be different. Lord, because there's nothing that you can't do. However that looks, whatever that means. Father, I pray that you would have your will and your way this morning. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So I'm not just talking about, when I ask that question, the moments when we need Jesus the most. Most often we invite Jesus into the room or we invite him into our lives when we need him the most, when there's sickness, when there's death, when there's hurt, when there's a loss of something. I'm talking about a much bigger picture here. And as we're going to see this morning in reading through Mark chapter 5, 21 through 43, that the, the bigger picture that we're painting here is that we invite Jesus into the room of our life. In every aspect of our life, not just during the bad, not just during the ugly, but we invite Jesus into every space of our life. And I hope this morning that we leave with that bigger picture in mind. So let's start in Mark chapter 5. You can follow along. It'll be on the screen if you have your copy in front of you. You can follow along with us. We're going to start Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 24, it's where we're going to, to read first. 
Verse 21 says this, When Jesus had crossed over again by, the, by boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him while he was still by the sea. One of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And when, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Verse 23, And kept begging him, My little daughter is at death's door. Come lay your hands on her so she can get well and live. Watch verse 24. Jesus went with him and a large crowd was following and pressing against him. First point I want to draw your attention to is this. Even if you have it all. Even if you have it all. Guess what? We need to invite Jesus into the room. Even if you have it all, we need to invite Jesus into the room. Many of us know that without Jesus, we have nothing at all, right? So we need to invite Jesus into the room. Jairus had it all. He was a synagogue leader. He had the power. He had the prestige. He had the position. He had it all. But guess what? He was still missing that one thing, that was Jesus. You see, even though he had it all, when his daughter was knocking on death's door, guess what he realized? That even in having it all meant absolutely nothing. There was nothing that his power, there was nothing that his position, there was nothing that his prestige, his status in society could do to heal his daughter. It took something more. And that more was Jesus. Scripture tells us that he fell at his feet. There was desperation in Jairus' life. There was desperation in this moment in his life where his daughter needed healing. And there was nothing that he himself physically could do to bring her healing other than falling at the feet of Jesus. You know, I, I can't help but to think that, you know, we may reach seasons in our life where we feel like we have it all figured out. We feel like that, that we've reached the pinnacle of, of whatever that may be or whatever that looks like in life or in that season. And yet, more times or not, you're going to hear people tell you that when they've reached that point in their life, that without Jesus, there was something missing. I, I promise you, I'm telling you, that without Jesus, especially when a moment like this happens, you're going to want Jesus. You're going to want to invite Jesus into the room. Because that's the only way that you're going to find true healing. That's the only way that you're going to find true peace in your life. Now, understand this. Mac is not telling you that anything that, that you want or ask for is necessarily going to be given to you. Alright? There may be a purpose and a reason behind that sickness or that loss or that hurt or that pain. We know that the outcome of this story is that the, the little girl was healed. She was raised from the dead. Is that always the case? No, it's not. But I'm telling you what is the case is that when you invite Jesus into the room, He will do things that only He can do. And He tells Jairus at the very end that, listen, all you have to do is believe. I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit. A couple of things I wanted to point out about these three or four verses here is the fact that Jairus showed humility and desperation. And notice that when he falls at Jesus' feet and he explains what's going on to Jesus, that Jesus didn't ask any questions. Did y'all catch that in verse 24? It just simply says that Jesus went with him. 
Jesus didn't say, hey, tell me where we're going, how far we're going. Tell me how she became ill or sick and, and died. Tell me who's there. Yeah, da, 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 all these questions. Jesus didn't ask any questions. He just simply went. You know, sometimes when we think we have it all together, we use excuses of, well, I, I'm, I'm too powerful or I'm too prestigious or, or I, I have this position and I, I can't humble myself to that point. I can't show that weakness in my life because of all the questions that might follow. Guess what? I hate to break it to you. Jesus don't care about your questions. He don't care about your power or your Prestige. All he cares about is your humility and being willing to fall at his feet and say, Jesus, this is all I have and all I want is you. Second point, we're going to read verses 25 through 34. Even if it doesn't seem like the right place or time, guess what? we still need to invite Jesus into the room. Verses 25 through 34. Stay with me here. A woman suffering from bleeding, it's, it's almost as if Mark takes one of our curves, our turns, like we veer off a little bit, but it all ties together beautifully. But he says, Jesus went with him, and a large crowd was following and pressing against him. In verse 25, a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors she had spent everything she had and was not helped at all on the contrary she became worse having heard about jesus she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his robe for she said if i can just touch his robes i'll be made well instantly her flow of blood ceased and she sensed in her body that she was cured of her affliction Verse 30, at once Jesus realized in himself that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and he said, who touched my robes? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing against you and you say, who touched me? So in verse 32, so he was looking around to see who had done this. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came with fear and trembling, fell down before him and told the whole thing truth verse 34 daughter he said to her your faith has made you well go in peace and be free from your affliction notice that in jesus going to this synagogue leader's house he wasn't necessarily in a hurry He wasn't moving at a fast pace. And I just had this thought. These are a couple of thoughts that I had in in preparing for this. You know, a lot of times when we approach Jesus and we invite Jesus into the room, we want things done on our time and our terms. And have we ever stopped to think that if if we push Jesus to, to operate on our time and our terms, which won't happen, but in doing that, that someone else may miss out. See, Jesus wasn't in a hurry. And because he wasn't in a hurry, someone else was healed. You know, sometimes in life, you know what we need to do? We need to just slow down. Because in our hurry, we might miss out on blessing somebody else. Jesus is always willing to meet you in the right place at the right time. That's what we have to hang on to. Even in the chaos of life, whatever storm is happening, whatever peak we peaked out on, we need to understand and remember that Jesus is willing to meet us right where we're at the right place at the right time. 
And you know, this lady had endured so much for 12 years. Unimaginable pain, disgrace, had given everything. How many of us have been there? We've done everything imaginable to get this this healing. And yet it got us nowhere. And that's where she's at in this moment. And she was willing to do whatever it would take to get to Jesus. I love doing this exercise when I speak to teams. I'll ask, whether it's whatever team it is, I'll ask them if we're talking about effort, I'll ask them to do this. And I want you to exercise with me, okay? Not exercise. I want you to do this exercise with me, all right? Some of you older ones that have bad shoulders, you may not be able to do this, and I'm sorry. You can amuse other people trying to do this, all right? So what I want you to do, I want your best arm, all right? Whether you're left-handed, right-handed, whatever you are, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can, all right? I'm going to do my right arm because my left arm hurts, all right? All right. Now, keep it up. Now I want you to reach just a little bit higher. Ah, see that? Everybody did it. See, I told you to raise your hand as high as you could. And then when I asked you to reach just a little bit higher, what would you do? You reached a little bit higher, right? You see, that's the desperation. That's the desperation that this woman had in touching Jesus. She didn't say, Jesus, I I need to be face-to-face with you. Jesus, I I need to lay this, this, I need you to see all of my medical bills. I I need you to see all of my troubles, all of my worries, everything that I've dealt with. I, I need you to look at it and see it. No. She had enough faith to just simply say, you know what, Jesus, if I can just touch his robe, if I can just reach out, And touch his robe. And listen, stay with me here. It wasn't just her and Jesus. But in that moment, she felt like it was just her and Jesus. There was a huge crowd. If if COVID has taught me anything, or if I have appreciated anything about COVID, it's being able to go to sporting events and not have somebody hitting my elbow or breathing down my neck. Right? I do not like crowds. I love y'all, but I do not like crowds. All right? And so to fight through a crowd like that, do you understand the fight that she had to have? The determination and the desperation that she had to have? Because she understood and she believed deep within her heart that Jesus would meet her right where she was, just in the right time. She could have said, you know what, I've dealt with it for 12 years. I'm going to deal with it for another 12. No. Jesus met her right where she was. Was it in a physical room? No. It wasn't. But she invited Jesus into the room of her life. Let's keep reading. Third point. We'll wrap it up. Land the plane. Verses 35 through 43. While he was still speaking, people came from the synagogue leader's house. So back to the daughter that had passed away. And they told the synagogue leader, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? But when Jesus overheard what what they had said, he told the synagogue leader, watch this, I have this underlined in my Bible. Don't be afraid, only believe. He did not let anyone accompany him except Peter, James, and John, James' brother. They came to the leader's house, and he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. He went in, and he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, just asleep. Verse 40, They started laughing at him, but he put them all outside. I found that funny. They laughed at him and he put him him outside. He took the child's father, mother, and those who were with him, speaking of the disciples, and they entered the place where the child was. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl got up and began to walk. 
She was 12 years old. At this, they were utterly astounded. Then he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this and said that she should be given something to eat. Your third point in your insert is even if it seems impossible. Even if it seems impossible, invite Jesus into the room. She was gone. Friends of the synagogue leader came and they told him what had happened and told him, she's gone, it's too late. All hope of saving her is gone. She's dead. How many of us feel that way at times? It's too far gone. It's too late. There's no hope. Yet, when Jesus enters the room, guess what? Only believe. That's what he told the synagogue leader. Only believe. I I found this interesting. Y'all know me, I'm simple-minded most of the time. But I found this interesting that he told the synagogue leader, just believe. You know, that's the most simple response that, that we can have towards Jesus is to just simply believe. It's living that out practically that is tough. That's the hardest part. I can sit here and tell you till the cows come home that I believe. Oh, I believe. But then practically living that out, I struggle. I struggle. I want to ask all the questions. I want to see all the data. I I need to see all the proof. I want to see how it's going to work and when it's going to work and and all of the stuff. And yet, all Jesus said to do is believe. Even in the impossible, believe. I don't have to do anything else. And that's where I mess up. I try to do everything else. You know, in Mark chapter 9, Jesus had another encounter. And in verse 23, he says, If you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. If you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. And this man's response, this dad's response to Jesus was, Lord, help me overcome my unbelief. Help me overcome my unbelief. And I just thought, maybe that's where some of us are today. Is we don't believe in the fact that Jesus can accomplish anything. That Jesus can overcome all of our impossibilities. Whatever it is that we're facing. Whatever it is that we're up against. Whatever it is that seems so insurmountable that we believe or deem it impossible. And yet, Jesus says, anything's possible for the one that believes. I can't speak to your specific situation. I can't speak to what may be going on or not going on in your life. I can only speak of personal experiences that that I've had. And though there are times that I struggle with my unbelief, God has still proven time and time again in my life that nothing is impossible. That's what I have to hang on to. The last thing at the very bottom that I want to share with you as we wrap up. Every day we should be desperate for Jesus to do something only He can do. Either in our own lives 
or in the life of someone else. Every day. What are you desperate for this morning? Can I encourage you? Can I challenge you this morning? That as you go throughout this week, that this not be something, some concept or some idea so far out there that you forget about it when you walk out of here, but that you would be intentional this week by going through your daily life looking for those opportunities, that you would be so desperate for Jesus to do something in your life or in the life of somebody else, and that you would invite Him into that space in your life, That's my challenge for you this morning. That may be heavy. And that may be hard. But that's my challenge for you. As you go throughout the week, seek out, search out those opportunities and those spaces in your life and in the lives of those around you for opportunities for Jesus to do something that only He can. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much again for this opportunity. Thank you for your word, the truths that lie within it. Father, I pray that we would take the reading of your word. Father, to to each of us that it would apply in, in in a real and personal way so that we could take what is in your word and live it out in our flesh. Lord, that we would be desperate for you, whether we have it all or we have nothing at all. Lord, that we would believe you for the impossible and would be quick to honor you and praise you for whatever and however you work this thing out called life. We'd just be found faithful to follow you and to live for you. Have your way now, Lord. I pray that you would move in this sanctuary this morning in hearts and in lives like never before. We love you and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Miss Susan comes. She's going to lead us in a hymn of invitation. The altar's open. If you want to come forward, you're more than welcome to. I'll be here as well. so much for being here this morning. Uh, I hope that you were blessed in in all aspects of our service this morning. Um, If you would, if you have a care card and you want to pass those just to the the closest, uh, the center aisle, uh, guys, whoever you are, you know who you are. Um, If if you would, jump out of the the pew or your aisle and, and dig off and grab those. While they're doing that, just a reminder, you see in the the, uh, back of the front of your bulletin of tonight's service, 
We're actually uh, going to be having a shower here tonight at 6 p.m. This is to, to honor, to bridal shower, honor uh, Jesse Waldrop and Avery Taylor. I know him as Big A. What's up, Big A? Man, if y'all don't know Avery Taylor, um, everybody's bigger than me, by the way, and I don't understand. Anyway, no, uh, I had the opportunity to, to coach Avery when he played at West Oak and uh, man, just awesome to, to see him this morning and, and happy for he and Jesse and getting married. So that's at 6 tonight. And speaking of that, our baseball team, West Oaks, I say our baseball team, West Oak High School, they're playing for the Upper State Championship this week. And so, absolutely. Um, it's a big deal. It's a really, really big deal. been 21 years since that's happened. Uh, but they play Powdersville this week, Monday and Wednesday for sure, possibly. Friday, but Wednesday night is going to be at West Oak High School. I'm thinking 6:30, right, Fate? 6:30. So parents, I'm saying all this because I want parents to know that our youth Wednesday night, that's where we will be. Okay. Uh, hopefully that's okay. But I think it's a big deal. I think it's worthy. And to be quite honest, that's probably where most of our students are going to be anyway. So we're going to go with them. We're going to meet them where they're at. All right. And so. Uh, just a, a matter of prayer and some information for you as parents as well. So I think that's it tonight, bridal shower, uh, Wednesday night, and then care cards. I think we're good. Yes, grads, please go by and pick up your stuff. Uh, leave the box because the boxes are going to stay for another week or so. Um, but grab what's in your box. You're welcome to take that. And then I'd encourage you to go back by in the next week or two just to look see if there's anything else in there. Somebody might have forgotten. All right? You don't want to leave anything behind. Okay? All right. John, if you would, would you go dismiss us in prayer? Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for this service today, the music. We want to always remember what you have done for us in our lives, throughout our lives as youngins, graduating high school, graduating college and entering the workforce getting married, all these different phases of our lives, there's one thing that's been constant, and that's been you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for being with us through all cycles of life. We ask you to go with these graduates as they go do their thing in the world, Lord. We ask you to, to be with them, to strengthen them in all things, and to know that they can do all things. And help us to live up to this charge that Mac has given us today to invite you in our rooms and all the rooms we're alive, not just compartmentalize one little room that you can't enter, but we need you to enter all the rooms we're alive. We need to be able to surrender at all, Lord. And we ask that when we're on the job or at school, where we might be, that we would include others, invite others into that room, Lord, that, that they may know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.